Welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast, guys. I am so excited to introduce this week's guest, but first, I just want to update you on a couple of new things that we've got going on. So now you can become a member of the Writer's Advice Podcast through Patreon. So that means that you get the podcast long before everyone else. You get the full video podcast as well, and you get to know what guests and what new authors we've got coming up and submit your questions to them as well as recommending guests that you want to hear from as well. We also have a book club over on Patreon which is very very exciting so that means that you can get books sent to your door and you can also be invited to a private um, Zoom meeting with our authors of the books that we choose each month. So that is very, very, very exciting. Um, you can head to olivia.com, sorry, oliviahillier.com to learn more about that. Or you can just go patreon.com slash writers advice podcast. If you have any other questions, you can find me at Olivia Hillier Author on all social media platforms. Love to have a chat. Um, I think that's all I've got to update you on. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends, all your writing friends, all your reading friends. And without further ado, here is this week's guest. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back, listeners. I am very excited because on the podcast this week, we have Alison Reynolds, who is hot on the trail of her brand new book launch, The Near Daphne Experience. Thank you so much for joining us, Alison. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and um, I've really been enjoying your podcast and I've got lots of advice, so I hope I can share a little bit as well. But no, oh, that's it's great perfect. to be here with you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to share it with everyone and and take it on and learn it myself. So now I will start. I do want to really dive into the book, but I do want to start with how did you first know that you were a writer? Um, I wasn't someone who was born with that belief. Uh, I've got a friend who was a doctor and she always wanted to be a doctor and I was always jealous of those people. But looking back, I think I was always there, even though it didn't come out. I mean, I had too long suffering friends I used to have and do um most complicated games with them think up scenarios and we'd act out and one was called murder and we I think up a way people could get murdered and then we'd all act it out and then we'd all chant murder murder we were delightful little kids and there's another one <laughs> uh, we'd wear my big sister's boots and we'd go around the house but it wasn't enough for chasing we had this whole scenario that we all had to act out and I think we loved it. It was really, um, I don't know, I haven't seen them for years. I'm probably traumatised by it. It's all going death, death. As one of them was lying on the ground, we're all going murder, murder, and death, death, death. It was all good. And I found in my father's papers after he died, I found a, a newspaper I I had done. I'd forgotten all about it. And the premier had broken his leg and Maya went broke, which was probably... It's not doing very well. So maybe I was a bit of a prophet, prophet, 
made prophecies. Oh. A prophet. Yeah. So, um, and then I did write a lot of letters, especially when I travelled and um, I know people really like getting my letters, so I probably took a little bit of pride in that. But then just worked, had life, had children, and then when the children went off to school, unlike a lot of people, I thought, well, this is my big chance to do something for myself before I go back to um, one of my funny jobs I've done. And then I, um, I enrolled in a writing course, which is really funny because I feel like a lot of women, um, they are mostly women who do it, but I feel if I'd been a man, I might have said, oh, I can do it. But being a woman, I went and I did it and I did it um, for professional writing and editing that everyone did. And I did it at the CAE and because the time suited me, I'd be home for school and it was a wonderful course. But I've always been very family compliant and it was as if it gave me permission to take the time to do it rather than if I'd just been doing it at home. Mm. But I actually learned a lot. I learned so much there and I made really good friends I've still got. And um, so then I decided I'd be a writer and I wrote, um, oh, the good thing about that was you dabbled in everything and I did children's writing, adult novel writing and the children's writing I actually saw an advertisement in the um, the writers of Victorian Writers magazine from Macmillan wanting um, children's chapter books. So I sent it off there and I got it. So I probably started seriously writing, but this is it, did a course in 95, got accepted in 96 and then 97, I had it published and I thought, oh, um, this is mustn't be that hard. I, I didn't strut around too much but I thought oh like secretly I thought oh well, that's okay and then I didn't have anything published for the next four years but then after that I've been lucky enough to have something oh actually every year but there was a long long drought after my first acceptance so um, yeah everyone's story is different but that's what happened to me and then after that I regularly had um, children's books come out every year and then this year is my first adult novel so it's like being a new beginner again so it's very tough yeah <laughs> nerve-wracking nerve-wracking yeah it feels like you're, you've got a whole new different readership now obviously like oh, a whole it is. Different, yeah what oh, did you sound most differently about it um not feeling as if I'm oh with children's books I feel I mean I'm not saying my books are wonderful but I know I can do an okay job I know what to do it I know it's expected um, with children's, you know, I can go to a school or a library or a kinder or, you know, a story time at a bookshop, one of our lovely bookshops we've got in Australia and um, dance around and sing a bit of a song, even though my voice is terrible and make a little paper cat or something. And we all love it. And we all enjoy it. And it's all happy and they go off happily. And um, it's just so different. And, but my friends, they've always been interested in what I'm doing, but they're a lot more, not a, if I say a lot more interested, they're all reading the book as an adult. And that's quite nerve wracking to think that people who know me well are reading it, because I don't know if you find this, but writing an adult book, it's probably, no one can help but look at, um, look at it and see, oh, see, actually probably see if there's snippets of themselves or they know so much about my life and my family and my friends and, what I've got up to and it I feel a lot more vulnerable because no one really thought I was a cat in one of my other books or a, a 
you know what I mean? <laughs> it was quite, yeah. it felt a lot safer or I was a nice bear or, a, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really different and just a subject matter. It's just so, um, it feels a lot riskier, but I, um, I think the lockdowns, I'd actually finished two um, commissioned chapter books at the start of lockdown. I'm in Melbourne, so we've had a lot of lockdowns. Yeah. And I, I was so happy I did them and it didn't really worry me. I thought, what am I going to do now? And that's when I thought, I'll pull out that, that old adult novel and this is my chance to do something really different because I could go around to, you know, bookshops or anything with my books. You know, we were locked up and... Um, yeah, it was the best thing. It was the bravest thing I could have done, but it was one of the best things I could have done. So I'd go on as if I was very bold, leaving my my safe little nook where I knew what I was doing, and now I have no idea what I'm doing. And um, yeah, it's quite. It is quite scary, but anything new is scary, or <laughs> I should say, it's exciting. So <laughs> rather than scary, but it is always. Yeah, it's all. It, it goes um, between the both. It's exciting and it can be both. It's fine that way. Oh, it is. It's like sometimes it's exhilarating, but I haven't, because um, it's all so new, it only came out last week. I haven't had any many reviews yet. And I know I'm going to get some stinkers. And with my children's ones, I was quite tough because I get lots of nice things and lots of not nice things. And that was okay. So I didn't really, I didn't really take that much heart in them because worry about them that much because I've been doing it for so long and I know that's just the way it is but um I feel like it'll be a lot more personal with an adult novel so I don't know why that is I think maybe because I've got more of myself in it and um or yeah maybe because it's a bit different but um, I yeah. yeah and it's something new and it it's interesting with what you said there it's like when like when you now you have your friends reading it even if this is a completely fiction story because it's come out of nowhere it's still you that wrote it so there's still parts of of any author that you put into your your stories and so it is this subconscious thing of like oh what is it like you're almost putting yourself out there in a a different kind of way but it's it's vulnerable it is is, because I was a nice writing nice children's books and um, I wrote a, for some reason I got in this niche where I got known for writing books on morals and manners and everything and now well you've read part of the book so you know yeah. it's not everyone misbehaves but my <laughs> a couple of my lovely friends they've taken to and they're both incredibly busy so they're just reading a little bit and they're sending me little um messages which is great by thinking oh it's um nerve-wracking oh, I really like this bit ha 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 which is good but I'm thinking oh keep it up keep it up so, in your yeah. head you're thinking oh gosh have they got to that bit yet <laughs> like, I know I am actually I'm thinking um they're two school friends and I do have a school reunion in it I thought oh they up to that bit yet and oh that's so great very loosely based on that just I know they'll recognize some things out of that so I think oh oh dear but but they're lovely and they don't need to worry about anything but what did um I don't know who said it but someone said um you know about anyone reading a book for the and to the author they should have been nicer to the author if they think they've been so, but they're both perfect and so they're fine. Yeah, so if someone sub- like pops up in there in a different kind of character, I know, I know what you mean there. Yeah, I know. They should have behaved better. Yeah. 
you've got to be careful when you make friends with a writer. <laughs> I know, but I did actually, there were a couple of things and I actually did say, look, I didn't base this on you at all, but I know you've had a similar experience. Is that, I, I, how do you feel about that? And I said, no, that's fine, go for it. And one friend was positively gleeful. She said, oh, that's so good. No, put it in, put it in. Do you want to put more in? I said, no, no, just that much, but... Yeah, I am quite conscious. And I never had to worry about any asking people, you know, children's books about cats or <laughs> bears or whatever, what's it, rabbits. I didn't have to ask permission off anyone. So, yeah, it's very different. It is, it is a different process. Yeah. Now, you said, yeah. at the, um, did you say you pulled out the old adult book? Does that mean you were, had been yeah. working on this? I, I'd had this adult book I'd written years ago and just with lockdown, when it started, we didn't know how long it was going to be because I was in Melbourne, it's lucky I had done it. Um, but I had, but I was so happy when I was writing the children's ones. I felt very productive and everything after I did them. And it had been, I had a friend who I said, had read it years and years ago and said, you should, you should do it, you should do it. And I think I didn't have the skill when I first tried to do it. So I actually pulled it out and I ended up rewriting it all. Like I'd be really interested in putting it in one of those, is it those plagiarism software things to see how much the original remained? Because I don't, yeah. you know, I think maybe 10% or something. Because, yeah. uh, you know, new characters appeared. I got rid of a lot. It's very powerful being a writer. I just got rid of this one and that one. That was fun. <laughs> and, yeah, it changed a lot, but... Um, I think I actually needed to have the experience of writing for quite a long, oh, such a long time, yeah, to be able to um, to do it. So yeah, so I really enjoyed writing it. So don't throw out anything, but I do think that sometimes your book's not ready to do yet if it's not working. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have been ready at that time when I initially wrote the. I'll call it the germ of the idea. I wasn't. I wouldn't have been ready to kind of pull it apart and pillage it and everything like I did in the end, which I did do. I just wouldn't have been ready to do that because I don't know if you find this often you're writing and you just, it's not a real, you're just rewriting, you're not creating something new. And I really needed to create something totally new to make it work. So I think, you know, you can keep stuff, but I wouldn't, you know, people just keep rewriting it, rewriting it, rewriting it. You know, it doesn't work. I think. For me, because I think everyone so believe everyone's got a different path. For me, it worked just to leave, not do it, and then just say, well, I love this character. I love that character. What can I do with them? And then just, um, I don't even know if it was a revision or a rewrite. It was a new creation from old characters. Maybe I'll call it that. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. Because rather than just shifting words around and trying to make it work for me, it was like, total destruction and pull it all apart and um, just pull out the main characters that I liked and added a few more, got rid of a few. Um, yeah, so that's what, that worked really, really well for me rather than just, you know, moving stuff around a bit, which I think one can do. Like yeah, me. absolutely. Yeah. And I, it is the power of just, sometimes you just need to let it rest. Like put it, if it's not working, put it away, let it rest and now, and now you have a whole new book but like you said taking the characters for something that was working yeah. once and turning it into something different I think is is great do you find yourself more character driven that way when it comes to your adult no novels yep and 
I've, I actually read quite a lot of plot-driven books because I love a murder or a, and I thought that would be um, what I would be writing. But for me, it worked much better. Probably the initial one wasn't as character-driven. And then when I just let my characters go and thought about their motivations and everything, it, it wrote a, it worked so much better. I think that was the problem with it. I'm not a, a plot writer. Yeah. You know how you want to be. I don't know. You know, you think, oh, I'd like to be this or I'd like to be this sort of writer because that's what I like to read. Because I do, I have read quite a lot of literary stuff. So I thought I'd be a literary writer. We all read part of the book. I'm not a literary writer, but that's okay. Um, I'm, or I like to have a very plot driven, exciting murder mystery or something, but I'm not that either, which I'm, I've realised. And, um, Probably the thing I've got going for me, I hope, is the humour. And I think that's um, my strength. So that's what I should be concentrating on and and characters. So, um, And I think a lot of literary novels end up with an ending that doesn't, um, the world's not complete. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm. And have you found that a lot yeah. have that? They have an open ending? Yeah. And that really annoys me yeah. and especially when you've invested does, yourself but, so much like, yeah it's, I know I'm not getting any payback I've spent I've read 300 words or something beautifully written written mis full of misery cried all the way through and at the end I don't know what happened and I just think that's not fair for me and personally especially with lockdown um all the tension there. I didn't need any more tension in my life. I needed to have it at the end um, sorted out. So that was really one of my things for my book. I had to have a um, the ending. I was wasn't a happy ending for everything, but you knew what happened to everybody. I feel as if I found what I'm good at and what I need in a book. And um, yeah, that's just me personally. So any other reader, any readers out there. Or if you want to read something where there's a definite ending and you know oh, a few things you might want to know what happened, but the main characters are being um, sorted out, that's that's my book. But a lot of people don't write like that and, I, you know, I really admire them, but that's just not... I think you've got to get comfortable and accept you're not going to be writing like as everybody else and that's all right, which is quite hard to think because I'd love to write like some people, but... I just don't, but that's okay. I'm in my own little posse, so that's that's all right. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a, a really great advice, especially when you said I used, I would read this and I would read that, and you think, oh, wow, that's when you have a love for writing, you think, oh, wow, I'd love to be able to do that. But it's also learning your own voice and, and where you sit and what comes most naturally to you. How did you find that in yourself? Um. Well, I'm really interested in people. The way I wrote my books written, um, it's all letters, emails and text messages, which was good in a way because it um, it gives you real access to the characters. And that's what I, real, I realised I really liked. And I've, I want to know how they actually feel instead of having... Um, so I have a lot of points of view, but you know it is when the point of view is because each letter or email is from that person and I've actually labelled who it is. So you know what's happening, what everyone's thinking all the time. So that was um, 
that worked really, really well for me. Yeah, it's more what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And if I write something, um, it just seems to work much better if I'm going the character way. If I write something that's plot-driven, it always feels flat. I just don't have that skill. I mean, and then I end up with a wild plot, but it's got to come out from the characters. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the different. I think everyone's really different. And you've got to accept. I think you've got to accept what your strengths are. You can work on other things. I think my plot ended up being, <laughs> it ended up wackier than I thought it could be, but that wouldn't have happened except by learning about the characters and their motivations and what happened. But, uh, yeah, so that worked for me. But actually when I was editing, one one good thing I did was I went through every single scene and I made sure that I worked out who, who it was about and I made sure that something happened in each scene, not just something that showed the character. I made sure that something actually happened and then I feel that, help me with my plot um so it wasn't just character um you know how there's some lovely a lot of English novels and they're lovely and I just love them but nothing really happens and I that's not me but I can read them and really really enjoy them um is it Anita Bruckner have you read any first I, I haven't but it is a very I was it is a very thing around the UK. They're, di they're different pace books. They are very different and they're very slow compared to um, Australian published. Like even, you'll even notice some books will change their pace or publishers will ask different. It's, they are, it's, a, it's a different pace. I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just like the characters and they end up the same. And, and it's beautiful writing, but uh, I don't have that. That's not what I'm good at. Yeah. I've got to keep going and try and work out um, what's happening. So, yeah, I really think it's really important that um, we find out what we're good at and pat ourselves on the back for that and concentrate on that and not try and be someone else and have an appreciation for beautiful writing. I love lyrical writing, mm. but that's not how I write. I mm. thought I would because I read so much. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be really good at lyrical writing. I'm so not. I'm just. I uh, I wrote this book and oh, I was no. I haven't. I'm lying. I've only written ten thousand of it. I did it when I was doing my master's thesis. Oh my goodness, it's boring and everyone's moaning in it and it's just. But if I had the lyrical quality to my writing, it would take you along. But I don't have that. My it just comes across as oh, this woman's moaning and everything's very. It's like, you know one of those films where they're all looking at each other meaningfully and that's what my book was so I'm not that sort of writer and I've accepted that I'm more of a character driven funny let's see what happens with the plot and let it take you along but it's it takes a while to work to accept like no one's good at everything I'm not good at yeah I'm certainly not good at everything so, yeah, it was just, but I think it's really, really important to try different things. Um, I've actually written a paragraph and tried it in different styles. This is early on, writing in different styles. You can just see what suits you. Um, like I'm very, I'm first person-ish. Yeah. I would love to be third person, but it doesn't work. Or if I try to write third person, it just always, I find myself writing first person. So, yeah, it is, it's just a learning 
um, learning what your, I don't know, do you have a natural thing that you're good at that you tend yeah, to do? Yeah, it's interesting I'm, that you say that I, I always revert back to first person too. And I love reading third person books and I, I wish that I could do it. And one day it maybe I'll, I'll be able to give it a go, but I think that's really good advice that I haven't actually properly thought of because I've just automatically gone to first person. That's just been my natural thing, but I, that's part of your own voice that you develop, I guess. And being able to play, if someone is unsure about finding where they sit or, you know, their own voice, and that's probably a great thing to, to play around with is the point of view. Yeah. And I used to, I think it, I've read lots of writing books. I always say, oh, you know, a mature writer writes in third voice, in um, third person. So when I had aspirations to grandeurs, try and write in third person. Well, I have no grandeur. I'm hopeless at that. I'm much better writing in first person. And I don't know where that all started. You feel as if you have to write. There was this sort of movement that, you know, third person was a proper writers, right? But now I'm improper and write in first person. <laughs> reason I wanted to write in third person too I think that is actually a common thing that you hear in a lot of um writing courses and things like that like that's the the literary way to go is to make yes. sure that it's in third person but um that is something I wanted to jump on because your whole book is written in yeah emails letters and text messages which I love like it, it is the best layout and you learn so much about the plot and what's going on and the characters through um almost like the perspective of the other characters essentially and that I think that's what makes it fun it's this huge joyful fun which to be honest we all we all need that right now so um it's a beautiful book that you've launched into the world but to create that how much planning do you do is that like because I was reading through this and I was like thinking as a writer I'm like how much planning to add all this up in this way or that just comes naturally Oh, it just came naturally. Oh, it just came naturally. So it wasn't third person. No, no, no it, it did because I thought, oh, I wonder what's mummy, one of the characters, Mariano, I wonder what she's up to. I wonder what Celeste is up to. So I'd go and visit the characters and I'm thinking, what do I need here? I think I need a bit of this character and a bit of that character. But once it was finished, and this is my recent thing, I did have to go through and I went scene by scene and worked out who did which scene and made sure something happened in each scene. Um, so my planning came in my revision. Um, so I think for me, if I plan out a whole novel, and I wish I could, I wish I could, I've tried it. I'm not, I'm bored. I just think, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying I'm bored. I write a boring, I write in a boring way because I know what's happening and it doesn't excite me. I want to see how I get to the end and just let my, I'm a really big believer that your brain will, then um, it works for you all the time. I don't know how that happens, but it does. And if you just let it, um, let it stuff in that soupy mess in there things will come out and you think oh that's why they did that's why she um wanted them to all have a red coat and wear red because red is a motive throughout the book and then I go back and I thought oh, I'll make sure I pop little bits in throughout the book of that which I couldn't have done at the beginning it's, it's also I also think this is something now this is advice 
I think you don't find your theme till you finish your book for me. Mm. Um, and yeah. that stops me being, do you think that or? I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, I, like, yeah. when I first started, when I first thought, wanted to be a writer and you know you have those terrible things that you write, <laughs> I used to start with theme. And, and that was the first thing that someone was like, no, don't start with theme. And now you start, and it's actually more joyful to just start writing a, a story and then at the end and be like, your brain does do it. You come out and you're like, whoa, I didn't realise that that's the story I was actually selling because the theme will come out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, I know, like, you know, you think, oh, I'll write about man's inhumanity to man. <laughs> be very. And, I mean, who wants to read that? But, you know, it's going to be miserable. But then, then you, go, you look at it and you go, oh, but I know mine's about friendship and um, how far someone would go and... Um, yeah, but I didn't really realise that till I finished the whole book and had worked on a bit. Oh, that's the theme. That's what's happening there. Oh, and then I think, oh, that was very clever how you did that. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like I'm finding it after I've written it, so maybe that's cheating. That's, yeah, but that's what works for me. Yeah. I love that, and it's so true. It's literally about trusting. I haven't haven't fully had this conversation with anyone yet, and it does add up. Like I'm not a planner in most of my life to be honest to be honest or someone that needs to like just let it let it flow and let it come out and it's interesting the little things that your brain does plant and you don't realize and it all comes together in the end so it is really beautiful now for listeners can you give us a little synopsis um a little bit more about the Daphne experience um well my log line is how dangerous can helping a school friend find love be and then the synopsis is um, Daphne is a 35-year-old psychiatrist. Everything, her professional life, she's a real star. But um, her other life, her love life's terrible. Her um, boyfriend, who she thought was the one who's gone back to America, who was also a psychiatrist. Her mother's always offering her helpful hints about um, her unkempt leg hair like she does her mother does everything she loves her so much so she's always trying to help her improve herself and she just feels as if she's getting a bit left behind so she just it said in the 2001 so she decides to go the old-fashioned way when there used to be advertisements of personal ads in the newspaper so she puts an ad in there to try and find someone um, to try and find someone different and then um, there ends up being a psychopath, a serial killer, and lots of things happen. But, yeah, one of the main things I was really happy about, two of the other characters, um, I wanted good endings for quite a few people. So two of the people, actually, it's really hard to describe, so I don't want to give away the yeah. twist, but... Um, a couple of the women, they find real empowerment by the end of the novel. Um, they've realised um, Daphne's mother, she's always been the perfect uh, wife to her her husband who's in the corporate world and being that sort of role. And then she ends up embarking on her own career. And another woman who's also, she's in the suburbs with small children and it's a really funny stage when you're there and you've got children. You think, should I be working? What should happen? What am I going to do in my next bit once I go to school? 
Yeah, so the Near Daphne experience is really about, like, it's just fun and it's based in 2001 as well, which honestly just, I heard that when you were writing it, you were listening to, like, early 2000s music. What was kind of, were you really putting yourself in that fun vibe of when you were writing it? Well, I was. This is all about getting away from lockdown. So, and 2001 music, it wasn't my particular favourite music at all. It was um, Kylie, but um, I can't get out of my head. Um, There's a poor Kelly CD, so that was okay. But um, there was um, the Avalanches. Remember Frontier Psychiatrists? Yeah. It was such a mix-up, and I wouldn't, I hate, I've got this thing, I cannot stand um, new songs with talking, people talking in it, but it all, so yeah, I did a playlist and I just listened to it over and over again and I felt like I was back there in 2001 walking around (laughs) ball and Safeway with my trolley listening to all this music. You had the funnest lockdown ever then. (laughs) (laughs) Now, music obviously gets you in the... um, zone is there anything else that you do in your particularly in your particular sorry writing routine um I'd like to say I light a candle but I (laughs) (laughs) and um I actually Olivia I'm real failure at this because other people have um a rock on you know a lot of people have an object they have on their desk yeah yeah I don't I mean I've (laughs) I went to this um, writing course it was really good but we're all meant to bring a rock because <laughs> everyone had rocks and I'm a bit of a joiner and so I said oh yes yes I nodded and everything so then I picked them this is true I don't mind I picked a, a rock out story. of um, a stone out of someone's garden and then I took it there and I'm stroking it and pretending that it was funny. <laughs> I took it home and threw it out so no I um I'll have a cup of tea. I have my <laughs> ideal writing. <laughs> I'm not, I wish I was like that, but I'm not. I'll have a, I'd like to take the dog for a walk or something. I do that, but I have to do that. And um, when we're not, well, now, um, if I get, actually, I do have one routine. I have a, a black book, which has got art paper in it, a spiral, and I do take that out. And if I get desperate for, a scene or something I will go and sit somewhere um different and just write a scene and then come back or sit out in the cold and write a scene and then think I can't come back until I finished it so yeah. I sit out with my parker on and then <laughs> I punish myself so yeah that so yeah I'm not really uh um I don't really have that many routines and I can't I don't do it all day because I don't. Um, I write and write, and then my brain turns off, and it just, I'm not going to achieve anything. So I'm better off going in and doing. But everyone is totally different. Everyone has different, their brains work in different ways. But I'm there, just go do it, and then come off. And, um, but my brain, because I'm trying to, you know, you're saying that thing about trusting, my mm-hmm. brain will be working on it all the time. And mm. often I will, if I sit up my room, I'm not going to find a, a yeah. suggest, you know, if I've got a problem about what happens, but if I'm out in the world and I hear someone say something to their wife, I think, oh, that's interesting. Maybe my character could um, say, I'm a magpie more, I'll, I'll pop that in. So for me, it's not, um, 
yeah, I don't have a bath. I mean, I have a shower because I'm into hygiene every morning, but, you know, some people have a bath or have something like that. I don't. Um, maybe I should. Maybe this is what I should do. And um, No, I think I it's, it's, it's whatever works for you 100%. And it's you have to treat it like work, right? When, like it's, it's at the end of the day, it's it's your work your work in a way and I think you actually I'm I'm like you I get more inspired by being out in situations and I'm like oh my god I, I need to write that down because you you did hear that or you did see something or and all of a sudden it, a download comes through it's not always just preparing yourself for getting in front of the computer you know I know and I think because I've done quite a lot of I've been lucky enough to be given a lot of um, commission work for children I have a deadline I know I've got to do that I know I've got to like sometimes it was quite prescriptive, but I didn't mind that because I was just using that word, you know, um, that part of my brain, which I um, really, you know, I'd have to change all this words in a book, but it had to be the same amount of um, letters because they wanted to just change the words and put it in the, the book, which I enjoyed doing. I mean, I'm quite boring. Yeah, I found a lot of satisfaction in that. So I probably do treat my work as a work thing because I've been lucky enough to be paid for it um yeah. you know for a while doing different they're not very glamorous <laughs> I wrote a book about a talking fruit once that was fun I mean, just... <laughs> that's still a great idea you have to come up with somewhere like your brain is doing amazing things <laughs> oh no they said oh can you write about talking fruit and I said oh yeah <laughs> I'm, so I'm gonna be saying that would be my advice say yes to everything if you want to make a living and say yes to everything and then worry about it once you're off the phone or once you've sent your email because you can do it you can and some things aren't they're not glamorous but I mean once you start doing them I've really I wrote a really interesting chapter book about goods and services I actually got quite interested in that that was good yeah. that was for um, the US market so that was interesting because yeah. a lot of the things we say here, there's that difference. But I found that that was good. I found that fascinating, which yeah. is, as I said, I'm quite boring. That was good fun. That's yeah. not boring. But, no, that would be my advice. If you want to do it, um, I would say do that. And don't be a smarty. It doesn't matter. You know, if someone you think it should be something or other, a lot of people, well-meaning, I wouldn't have had the work if I kind of, if I arced up. No one wants to work with someone who's a prima donna. Mm -hmm. And it's just, we're not, yeah. Every word that you write doesn't have to be breathless prose that can't be changed. I mean, I've changed, I've changed stuff just to fit in. Often I've come up with a third thing. I say, oh, can I come up with a third thing? And um, editors have never said to me, no, you can't. They've said, yep, no, that's good. This is a problem. Can you come up? We need to be changed and their voice and that's happened a lot and that no one has ever said no to me they've um and then I've said no that's brilliant and I just well, they probably say no that's not brilliant but I think that in my head because <laughs> I'm clever no I'm not <laughs> but yeah I think that's that's really important and people arguing with um editors why you don't if you're in a normal job you don't sit down and argue with your boss and I don't think it is a normal job, but, you know, if you're in an office job, you don't say, well, I don't want to do that. You just, you're being paid to do it. You've just got to do it. But you can still work around and do how you want. So that would be my advice. And I've got another really good bit, I thought. Please, please. <laughs> no, no one knows what they're talking about. 
we all have our own experiences, but I know so many people, um, I, I actually, and it's, I run a, a conference every year for children and young adult writers called Kid Lit Thick, and it's called Meet the Publishers because it's all um, people get the chance to meet publishers because the publishers know what they want and your course, your teacher, who might be the most wonderful person in the world, and I'm sure they do improve your writing and it will be wonderful and shine, but if it's not what the publishers want, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do to You just can't do anything about that. So try and find out what, follow your publishers, like with um, Twitter and Instagram, you get such a good idea now. All the publishers seem to have open days now that you can send your work to. Um, and I wouldn't send a whole lot at once. I'd wait to see if you got a bit of um, feedback. But there's just so much you can do now. And there's a lot of people out there offering services. And they are services. And they probably will improve your work. But they don't know what, unless they've got the very close to the publisher. They don't know what that publisher is looking for. Because there's one publisher who doesn't like cat stories. Well, how would you know that? And she's allowed not to like cat stories, but you might write the most beautiful one um, in the world, but you're not going to get, get it. But if you read enough about them, do your research, you're going to find out, oh, she doesn't seem to like cat stories because she's actually said it in public. So, I mean, that's, and everyone's way is their own way. And we've all got egos that get into things and just, you know yourself, trust your gut um, and don't send off your work too soon. Everyone does that. We all get so excited and we fall in love with it. And then you look and think, oh, you've got really red cheeked. I can't believe what I sent off some of my things. Um, you'll get a thing back from publisher. This is a good idea, but the voice needs to be reworked. And that's because you wrote it, you wrote over a weekend in great big passionate fire and thought this is brilliant everyone's going to love it and then it's just so sad because you're actually wasting your chance because they're not going to want to keep seeing you um all the you know it's just sad and if you get a rejection don't send back that unless they say something nice I would say um oh if I would you be interested if I did if I did A, B and C, as you suggested, because I'd really be keen to um, hear from you again. I've never heard of a, well, publishers, it'd be quite rare if they do bother to give you feedback, mm. they'll obviously think you've got something and they'll probably will answer you and they will say yes or they may say, no, but have you thought about writing about something but I'd like to see the next thing you write. Um, yeah, and they don't know you. They don't hate you. You just, they just know you through, don't get, a lot of people think, publishers hate them they see so many they don't have time to hate people we don't hate they just wouldn't hate them but you know you can get that you think they really hate you yeah and then you think you've got this whole relationship in your head and they don't know you've just sent them something but um yeah it's just and like my book I'll be honest yeah I thought I'd get an agent I didn't get an agent for it because it is a strange form and I didn't send every agent in Australia because I couldn't um the way I am I wouldn't like getting too many rejections at once and two of them just didn't look at it they were incredibly polite and lovely but they just don't like um books written in that form in letters and emails and texts and that's like that is 100% fair enough and they were very lovely I'm really happy and then another one she um 
she liked it, but she wasn't sure of the begin the middle. And I was going to, my initial thing was, I've got to change it, I've got to change it. But then um, I did pay for one person to assess it, and I really trust her, Aliano. She said, just wait, you just calm down, just wait. And then another one, oh, she she didn't get the humour, but she really liked it and said, it just wasn't her cup of tea, and that's fine. So that was one, two, three, four. Yep, that was all of them. And then I just sent to um to publishers. So I did everything wrong, didn't I? I mean, I I did <laughs> um I knew a couple children's publishers that I worked with or something, and I actually just said to them, "Could you tell me who to send it to?" Because I'm really I did not expect anything else. All I wanted was a name. Because when you look at big publishers, they've got so many different names, and mm, you're not sure prints, yeah. who yeah. will like your work. And you really, I think that's really important to try and find that out. And you can, well, I found that out the easy way, but I'm sure you could if you looked at that, found out what other books they had done. And um, they were lovely. And um, they actually said, oh, I've um, I've told them about you. And um, one publisher actually wrote back and said, I'm really looking forward to it. And so I ended up getting interest from, and I didn't send too many because I thought oh, I can't get. Imagine if I got six rejections in a row. So I only sent out to four, and three were interested, which was like, how, when does that happen? That's amazing. I, I just didn't believe it would happen, especially because the agents. And honestly, I really have a lot of respect for Australian agents. But if it's you know if you don't like that form, that's okay because that's nothing personal. And the other one just thought the middle, it didn't work for them, wasn't their cup of tea. And then the, um, I ended up going with a firm because I, um, my publisher would have read it on the Monday. She got in touch with me and she said she was really looking forward to getting it, reading it. She had it and she's going to read it. I'd sent it to her on Friday so she wouldn't have got it till the Monday. And then she um, rang, she wanted a meeting on she contacted me on the Thursday, wanted a meeting, and she offered me a contract on the Thursday. So I mean, and then there's another couple of publishers, they were all pretty fun. So I'm just telling you this because this really can happen because absolutely I wasn't feeling that fantastic when the agents and it's all about, I don't know, it's just all about not giving up. If you feel like your work is okay, if you're pretty happy with your work, don't it's not the end of the world, just keep going. Um, but I wouldn't, if I, I would never, my first version, I would have been just stupid to just keep going with that. It just wasn't there, but I just felt a lot more confident in this version. So, um, so then I ended up, yeah, with them and they've been just amazing to work with. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I had a really big, my publisher did a really good structural edit and introduced another character, which was really good. And, um, I think it improved it a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. And a lot of editors there, which I really like because I think it's fun being edited. Um, yeah, I think it's it makes you feel a lot safer if you're edited. I had the structural, then I had a copy, and then I had a proofreader, and then I had another edit. So I mean, and my book was pretty clean. Like <laughs> sounds like it wasn't. There's nothing huge. They're just little things, but all like everything really helped. So yeah, so I take don't give up. Mm-hmm. And we've all got our own little roots and to find to publication and just keep going. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But, yeah. I think that's a beautiful yeah. advice. You gave a lot of great advice about it is about being advice. collaborative. What was that? Sorry? That was my advice. I yeah. thought I better give a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Like, honestly, it was about being collaborative. I think because when you're in that zone of like, you're the artist essentially, when you're in that writing zone of creating something, it's then also being able to separate yourself in the business side of it. And it is putting yourself in the industry and, and putting yourself out there. And you do have to separate yourself. You do have to separate your ego from that a little bit because it, it is all subjective, right? Like it's like anything when you get feed, when you start getting feedback, it's going to be subjective. We need be boring if everyone yeah. loved us or be boring if everyone hated us. <laughs> You're going to constantly be on oh. that, um, that ride. So, yeah. I know like not everyone's going to like your work and that's yeah. fine because I don't like everyone's yeah. books or, um, yeah, I might pretend I do, but I don't always. <laughs> or I'll read, have to read it again and, you know, there's fashionable books and, um, yeah, I'm quite yeah boring I think I don't know <laughs> it's the beauty of art I think and the duality of it now there's a couple of things I want to finish with first where can we all well, we can all get the near Daphne experience now in all good bookstores um I want to know what's coming up for you if you do have another at do you have another adult book you're working on um, are you going to stay yes. in a little bit I'm awesome. writing it at the moment and it's um it's going to be another funny one because I would love to be writing. That's what I'm good at and that's where I end up going. So I'm just going to be happy doing that. And, yeah, it should be quite funny, I hope. It's good. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I think you have a really great, a really great voice in that area. Like it, it's so uplifting but keeps people engaged. So I'm excited that there's another one coming. And where can everyone get in contact with you if we want to reach out to you at all? Um, oh, I'm on oh, – I'm everywhere. I've got an Insta, Twitter – and uh, um, Facebook and um, alisonreynolds.com.au. I'm everywhere on the internet. I will put it all in the show notes. Thank you so much for all the incredible um, wisdom that you shared with us today. I am so excited to share this episode with everyone. And yes, I, I highly recommend everyone to get their hands on the Near Daphne experience. I know all my friends will love this, honestly. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, thanks. Oh, that's good. They can um, message me what page they're up to and how they're fine. Just to make my nerves go up a little bit. Higher. I'll let them know. No, me. Thanks yeah. so much, Alison. Okay, thank you. It's lovely, lovely, lovely to talk to you. And I can't wait to um, read your book. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah that'd be great.